We walked on in silence until we entered the garden and saw the spook's house through the trees. Ain't said anything yet about when we're off to Pendle, has he? Alice asked. Not a thing. Haven't you asked? Don't find nothing out without asking. Course I've asked him, I told Alice. He just taps the side of his nose and tells me that I'll find out in good time. My guess is that he's waiting for something, but I don't know what. Well, I just wish he'd get on with it. The waiting's making me nervous. Really? I said. I'm in no rush to leave, and I didn't think you'd want to go back there. I don't. It's a bad place, Pendle, and it's a big place too. A whole district with villages and hamlets and big, ugly Pendle Hill right at its centre. I've got a lot of evil family there I'd sooner forget about. But if we've got to go, I'd like to get it over and done with. I can hardly sleep at night now worrying about it. When we entered the kitchen, the spook was sitting at the table writing in his notebook, a candle flickering at his side. He glanced up, but didn't say anything because he was too busy concentrating. We sat ourselves down on two stools, which we drew close to the hearth. As it was summer, the fire was small, but it still sent a comforting warm glow up into our faces. At last, my master snapped his notebook shut and looked up. Who won tonight? he asked. Alice, I said, hanging my head. That's three nights in a row the girl's got the better of you, lad. You're going to have to do better than that. A lot better. First thing in the morning, before breakfast, I'll see you in the Western Garden. It's extra practice for you. I groaned inside. In the garden was a wooden post which was used as a target. If the practice didn't go well, my master would keep me at it for a long time, and breakfast would be delayed. I set off for the garden just after dawn, but the spook was already there waiting for me. Well, lad, what kept you? he chided. Doesn't take that long to rub the sleep out of your eyes. I still felt tired, but I tried my best to smile and look bright and alert. Then, with my silver chain coiled over my left hand, I took careful aim at the post. Soon, I was feeling a lot better. For the one hundredth time since starting, I flicked my wrist and the chain cracked sharply as it unfurled, soaring through the air and glittering brightly in the morning sunshine, to fall in a perfect Widdishan spiral about the practice post. Until a week earlier, the best I'd been able to achieve from eight feet was an average of nine successful throws out of ten attempts. But now, suddenly, the long months of practice had finally paid off. When the chain was coiled about the post for the hundredth time that morning, I hadn't missed even once. I tried not to smile, I really did, but the sides of my mouth began to twitch upwards, and within moments a wide grin split my face. I saw the spook shaking his head, but try as I might, I couldn't get the grin under control. Don't get above yourself, lad, he warned, striding towards me through the grass. I hope you're not getting complacent. Pride comes before a fall, as many have found to their cost. And as I've often told you before, a witch won't stand still while you make your throw. From what the girl told me about last night, you've a long way to go yet. Right, let's try some throws on the run. For the next hour I was made to cast at the post while on the move, sometimes sprinting, sometimes jogging, running towards it, away from it, casting forwards, obliquely or back over my shoulder. I did it all, working hard, but growing hungrier by the minute. I missed the post lots of times, 
but they also had a few spectacular successes. The spook was finally satisfied, and we moved on to something he'd only introduced me to a few weeks earlier. He handed me his staff and led me to the dead tree we used for target practice. I pressed the lever to release the hidden blade in the staff, and then spent the next fifteen minutes or so treating the rotten trunk as if it were an enemy threatening my life. Time and time again, I drove the blade into it until my arms grew heavy and tired. The most recent trick my master had taught me was to hold the staff casually in my right hand before quickly transferring it to my stronger left and stabbing it hard into the tree. There was a knack to it. He sort of flicked it from one hand to the other. When I showed signs of weariness, the spook clicked his tongue. Come on, lad. Let's see you do it again. One day it might just save your life. This time I did it almost perfectly. The spook nodded.